I'm Larissa, and I want to help you find the best strategy for communicating the magic and wonder of your jewelry brand so you can thrive by doing what you love and filling the world with beauty and creativity. Welcome to the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Larissa Worstiak. On this podcast, I explore topics in digital marketing for jewelry designers and retailers, including branding, content, email, events, social media, and more. This is episode 29, and today I'll be sharing an interview I did with Alon Simich, a jewelry, fashion, and fine art photographer based in New York City. Prior to starting his career as a commercial photographer, Alon spent years as a freelance photojournalist with a focus on human rights concerns before he worked as a producer for photographers like Steve McCurry. After some time, he started working for a studio that had many jewelry clients, and when he left to start his own business about two years ago, several of those clients decided to continue working with him. He saw a need for high-quality jewelry photography and decided to step fully into that niche. In this episode, we discuss topics like, what is unique about photographing jewelry, and why should a jewelry brand work with a photographer who specializes in it? What are the different types of jewelry photography, and why does each one matter? What are the characteristics of good jewelry photography? What role does photography play in a jewelry brand's marketing strategy? Why is it so important? And finally, when they're searching for a photographer, what should jewelry brands look for? Without further ado, here's my interview with Alon. I studied photography pretty extensively uh, through university, and I think that throughout my career, uh, even working as a producer, I had encountered so many vastly varying kinds of projects that I think I was prepared ultimately to, to specialize in this particular niche. Uh, one thing that is very different about jewelry photography from anything else is that uh, you have to work within much tighter constraints. For instance, if you're a fashion photographer, you know, it's sort of limitless what you can do with, with light and, and color and the kinds of sets that you want to work within. Jewelry, you have to be much more careful, obviously, because you were dealing with gemstones and reflective metallic surfaces. So there's a lot of sort of technical, small, nitty gritty kind of stuff that you have to take into consideration that most photographers wouldn't necessarily have to think about on something like, you know, a fashion shoot. Does that tend to take more time and thought to plan out a jewelry yes. shirt, a uh, yeah, jewelry <laughs> photo shoot? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it is by far the most time-consuming kind of endeavor uh, to take on, at least from my experience, especially when you get into jewelry still life, any kind of creative still life, even if it looks um, relatively simple to a viewer, it is a cumbersome and very time consuming um, task. It's not without fun and joy. Uh, it, it can be a tremendous amount of fun to do still life, but it, it that's where the real hard work comes in. What else would you say is unique about photographing jewelry? And why do you think a jewelry brand should work specifically with a photographer who specializes in that rather than a general like fashion photographer? Yeah, as, as I said before, uh, the challenge with jewelry really is having to take into consideration elements that as a fashion photographer, you probably necessarily don't always have to think about. And I think it's good to find somebody who specializes in this particular niche uh, only because 
you want to work with somebody who's experienced and prepared for any kind of challenge that may arise in either a photo in a product shoot or um, a still life shoot, even an on model shoot. You want somebody who is well versed in the technical aspects of having to deal with shooting um, jewelry, just in order to you know avoid mishaps. And and the thing that often people don't think about, no matter how well prepared you are for any kind of shoot, you are inevitably going to run into some sort of technical issue throughout the day. So you really want to work with somebody who's experienced enough in this field to be able to overcome those issues. In your opinion, what are some characteristics of good jewelry photography? And maybe if you can point out some major retailers that you think do a really good job with their photography, um, if you can think of any examples. There's, I think, great jewelry photography. It varies based on the kind of photo shoot you're doing, right? I think that um, product photography, still life photography, and a jewelry shoot on a model are three completely different animals. And in all of those cases, uh, it's incredibly important that uh, the jewelry stands out. I think when you're working in fashion or, uh, you know, other types of photography, you are composing a shot and framing a shot very differently than when you start to get into a still life or a jewelry shoot on a model. You find that you're suddenly working uh, within a much more constrained atmosphere and you have uh, much less sort of freedom to play but um, there's also something wonderful with having to force yourself to be creative within a tighter confines and I think that's when um, if you are a particularly creative person you can really shine when uh, you're given harder restrictions at least for me um, I know that when I'm given uh, a box that I have to work within I tend to do uh, my best work rather than when anything is fair game. And I think a great example of that is uh, I saw recently and I don't I don't remember uh, which season this was for. I believe it was full winter of last year of 2018. Uh, Bulgari did uh, a fabulous shoot of jewels kind of spread out on. Um, I'm not familiar with the uh, with the different kinds of gambling games but it looked like something poker table or something mm -hmm. like poker chips and it, it's great because ultimately the jewelry is still the star like you got to communicate obviously what the theme was and what the vibe was for that particular season but you never lost track or sight of the jewelry and that's what's really important to remember in a jewelry shoot is that no matter what it is that you're trying to convey to the audience and how it is you want to present your brand, you can't sort of lose sight of the product, which is very easy to do with jewelry because you're working with a much smaller scale. That's such a great piece of advice. With the rise of digital marketing, I mean, in the past, in the very distant past, jewelry brands only had to worry about maybe taking photographs for print lookbooks or wow. print ad campaigns. But now there's a wide variety of media that um, jewelry brands need to worry about. So can you name some of the different types of jewelry photography? Why does each one matter? And maybe is there a different approach that jewelry brands should take to different types of media when it comes to photography? Yeah, that's a very good point you make there because uh, I think most jewelers 
at least from my experience, whenever I work with an older company or a more established brand, they're not accustomed to having to do this much uh, photography work for their brands. Uh, because as you said, once upon a time, you know, you would end up in uh, magazine editorials that somebody else shoots for you for a publication. Mm -hmm. uh, you would perhaps endeavor on doing a physical lookbook or something like that. You really, as, as a jeweler, didn't quite have to do what many um, fashion companies typically do in that, you know, they photograph uh, everything from their e-commerce always to lookbooks, to editorial campaigns, to lifestyle campaigns. And it's all of these layers of media that they have to have always produced. Jewelers um, didn't quite have to do as much. Now they do, especially if you're an independent jeweler, you have to kind of compete with the big brands uh, as far as your getting yourself out there and being able to cut through the noise. And that entails inevitably having to do a lot more work in producing, you know, your own content. And uh, to answer your question about varying types of content, I think now you would be remiss as a brand if you didn't have one, the obvious great product photography. That's something that, you know, no matter what stage your brand is in, is absolutely necessary and you can't do without. And uh, then on top of that, you people do um, sort of editorial style campaigns. And then occasionally they'll also add lifestyle shoots on top of that. And the editorial stuff can either be still life or something on model. And from my experience, it's sort of a 50-50 split between what people do. Uh, I have plenty of clients who only do creative still life. And then I have plenty of clients who only like to do creatives on a model. And as far as what works on different media, I, I'm always a proponent of having a website that looks very professionally done, has a proper campaign, has strong sort of very produced imagery. And uh, from my experience, sort of the inverse of that tends to work very well on social media in that uh, people prefer a much more naturalistic sort of lifestyle thing on a platform like Instagram. Absolutely. I agree with that. So building on that question, what role do you think photography plays in an overall marketing strategy? And why is it so important for brands to really invest in high quality photography and work with a photographer who specializes in jewelry and really knows how to capture the beauty of it? I think, um, and you probably know this uh, just as well from your business, it's, uh, it's a given that the world that we live in today is completely saturated with imagery. And so much of our lives and our um, shopping habits, uh, particularly, are informed by photography, because that is the main way with which we engage with, uh, with commerce. So much of our lives are digital. Uh, we don't always engage with a product firsthand. It's tremendously important to have high quality images that convey as much about, yes, the product, but also your brand and what you're all about, uh, because that is going to be the main way with, in which the audience engages with your brand. So it's, uh, you can't really these days do without. And to my earlier point, 
you are, whether you like it or not, you are absolutely competing for uh, for people's dollars with companies like a Cartier, like a Bulgari, you know, established brands that have massive budgets with which they can produce all sorts of media to engage an audience. And uh, you have to sort of, as an independent jeweler or designer of any kind, really be prepared to visually go up against those people. That's a really good point. I know in a conversation that we had independently of this podcast, you mentioned how a how photography can elevate a brand to just like a a regular jewelry brand to something that's more luxury and how a lot of these indie designers don't think of themselves even as a luxury goods retailer, but that it is really important if they do want to compete in the marketplace, especially if their price points are higher. And Mm -hmm. I would love if you could speak to that a little bit further. Yeah, uh, you know, from my experience uh, since I started my business, I've I've worked with designers who and brands that range everywhere from startups to sort of well-established uh, companies that have been around for decades. And in within that range, I've seen a lot of um, w- within my time doing this, I've seen a lot of really young designers who are very talented who will often say things to me like, well, I don't think of myself, you know, as a luxury brand. To which I would always respond, regardless of the price range that you're in, you are selling a luxury good because you're selling fine jewelry, you're selling gold, you're selling precious gemstones, you're doing something in, you know, within that realm. So you have to think of yourself as a luxury brand, whether you like it or not, because you're competing against other luxury brands. And that means that there are certain trappings that come with that. And one of those trappings is having really potent imagery. That doesn't mean that, like I said earlier, that you have to look like Cartier or that you have to look like Bulgari. You can still be like that cool LA indie chick, for instance. You know, I've got clients like that who worry about looking to uh, establishment. You know, actually doesn't mean you doing things one certain kind of way. You know, you can still be that like cool indie designer, but uh, communicate, you know, quality and luxury at the same time. And you do that through, um, you know, a great campaign and and a great still life that uh, suits your vibe, but uh, where you're not sacrificing quality. And that's sort of, Uh, the biggest sticking point for me always. You can be whatever it is that you want to be. You can communicate about your brand, whatever it is that you want to communicate and still be true to yourself. But you can't not have a level of quality in all of the media that you produce that doesn't compete with, uh, you know, larger entities. Because you, I'm sure you know this, uh, Larissa, when you're... um, sort of in the market to purchase a piece of jewelry. Aren't most of us, you know, looking first to a company like a Cartier because they're established, because we know of them and because we know what we're going to get from them, you know? Definitely. Especially if you are not a super savvy jewelry shopper, you'll probably look for the established names first because that's all you know. Exactly, exactly. And I would wager to say that a lot of uh, jewelry consumers are not necessarily super savvy and don't necessarily know about many even sort of more established 
and better known uh, independent jewelers. So one way to kind of broaden your audience and broaden your reach is to communicate with an audience in the same way that an established uh, jewelry company communicates with their audience. And that means that you have uh, high quality imagery, uh, great campaigns, great product photography, a beautiful looking website. Ultimately, all of those elements are going to establish a sense of trust with an audience. That's really what it comes down to. And that just made me think, so for a jewelry brand or an independent jewelry brand that maybe isn't sure how to communicate that level of luxury or doesn't have experience with it, how hands-on are you typically with a client in um, creating the concept? Like, do you guide them in showing your client how they can elevate their look? Is it a collaborative process? Like, what does that process look like? So I think that... my studio and the way that I operate is unique in that I come at this uh, from years of experience working as a producer. And what that typically means, uh, and, and for those people listening who don't know what it means to be a producer in a photography setting, basically means that you're the first point of contact with a client and that you are ultimately helping the client not only uh, put together an actual shoot, but you're helping to guide them uh, conceptually. And for me and for what I value about my business and what I think makes me stand out is that I am there with my clients every step of the way. We have pre-production meetings, we have post-production meetings. I am as involved as my clients want me to be. You know, I have plenty of clients who come to me and say, I have no idea idea what I want to do. And then I'll begin the process of trying to conceptualize a shoot with them. And we start with a mood board and we start with meetings and discussions to try and flesh out what it is that you're trying to communicate this season or with this campaign or with this particular shoot, who it is you are as a designer, you know, how I can help you to communicate that more effectively or help you hone your voice. And Then I have clients who have a very sort of firm grasp of who they are as a designer and what their voice is, but they still ask me to help them communicate that in photography. So as I said, I'm as involved as you want me to be, but my preference is always to be there every step of the way, because I find that we get a much higher quality product if uh, we are in discussion right from the get-go all the way through to the end. When jewelry brands are looking for a photographer that kind of meets their needs and matches their vision, what should they look for in terms of characteristics, whether it's you or any other photographer? What are like the questions they should be asking? Uh, One, they should look for a diverse portfolio. Um, If you're looking for a jewelry photographer and you go to their website and you see only one kind of photograph, that to me would be um, a red flag. I would look for a photographer who has a diverse product portfolio. Uh, I would want to see many varying types of jewelry in his or her portfolio. Um, I would want a photographer who has done sort of a lot of creative work, uh, both within the realm of jewelry and beyond. I would hesitate to hire somebody who doesn't also produce great creative content 
that um, goes beyond the realm of commercial work. Because in photography, and I think like with, with any art, really, it's very easy to get kind of tunnel visioned and you end up kind of then producing the same stuff over and over again. It's important to work with any kind of creative who um, is inspired by and, you know, informed by many different kinds of sources. So I would look for a photographer who also produces work that is um, maybe even abstract or if it's even a kind of not com even if the work is not commercial at all but it's really great work that you gravitate towards just on a visual level uh, I think that's a good sign because you know that you're working with somebody who is creative and even if you're ultimately planning on hiring them just for commercial work you want them to have um, a kind of depth uh, a depth of knowledge uh, experience, all of those things are going to make for a better uh, commercial product. And ultimately, I think the goal for any designer should be to produce imagery that they themselves haven't seen before, or that pushes a little bit away from what they think of as uh, conventional commercial jewelry photography. Because the goal should always be to um, cut through the noise. And you don't do that by just repeating what you've seen done before. How would you say that you're different from other jewelry photographers? What really sets you apart and what can uh, your clients expect from you when they work with you? I think I come at this um, from a point of view that uh, there is no should. And I always say to people, why should a shoot look like this? You know, why should we do anything a certain way? I find a lot of jewelry conventions that I see in commercial photography, even for larger brands, a bit dull, frankly. And I never see a reason that we can't do something uh, very different. There, I don't understand why there are certain conventions in jewelry photography that people feel the need to mimic. I think that when you have your own brand and you have your own, you know, voice and you've created this baby and you've worked, you know, your rear end off to get to a point where you've got, you know, a product line, which is not a cheap endeavor and it's not an easy undertaking. You do all of this work and then to kind of just do something very dull and seen for the photography is uh, doing yourself a great disservice because, um, You've done the hard work as a designer. Now, let's come up with uh, imagery that is worthy of all the time and effort that you put into this collection to begin with. That's always my point of view. I just don't see a reason to repeat. Can you think of any of those uh, examples of those conventions that you mentioned that you see over and over that have become kind of tired, in your opinion? I, I love David Yerman. I think... It's a fabulous company, and I think they do beautiful photography, for instance. But I see a lot of people copy them. I see that mm. look, black and white photo, that very natural sort of looking, a model with very little makeup and tasseled hair. That's a convention I see repeated. And I always think, let David Yerman do that. You do something else. Th that's kind of my thinking when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, I understand why somebody would want to repeat 
that kind of photo shoot because it's a beautiful photo shoot, but it's already done and it's theirs and it's very much part of their branding. And when you see a David Yeoman campaign, you, even without seeing the name on the billboard, you already know you're looking at a David Yeoman campaign. That's what you're striving to do as a designer. You want to create uh, imagery that is immediately recognizable as your own. So I think it's a mistake to repeat a convention like that just because um, it's not really helping you get yourself out there as a designer. And I think the other thing that um, kind of informs uh, what I do is also because I've done so many varying types of uh, photography throughout my career. Uh, for a time, I used to be a freelance photojournalist, and most of that work, you know, is landscapes. So I, I come at it from the point of view that we really have the freedom to do absolutely anything we want. So why would we want to mimic somebody else? And listen, that doesn't mean that everything I've ever produced for a client is wholly unique and never been seen before. Uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said that it was. Uh, sometimes clients just want a very specific kind of thing. It may not be the most unique thing in the world, but then my job is to make it, you know, as beautiful and as special as I possibly can working within those, you know, constraints. But, but ultimately, I, I try to push uh, my clients to do something outside of the box. And um, I've gotten to a point in my career at this stage where um, there have been times where people have come to me and said things like, oh, I want to create it and I want you to shoot this on like white marble, you know, or something like that, which is, you yeah, know, we've I, seen that. Oh my God, I don't know how many marble photo shoots I've seen in jewelry. <laughs> and at that point, I just say, no, thanks. Just because mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not good for me either to do mm -hmm. that thing so I, I think uh i have a i have a wonderful uh hairstylist who works with me on all of my shoots whenever we do anything with a model and he likes to quote uh vidal sassoon and he always says if you look good i look good and that's what i like to think about whenever yeah, I, mm -hmm. yeah I, I love that saying because it's so true uh, that's and that's true for me too if my client looks good then I look good so I don't like taking on work that I know isn't going to be great for my portfolio or, or that may not be great for me if it's you know out there with my name attached and I think that you want a photographer who who operates that way because you're ultimately going to get a better product Building on that, so what does make you excited about working with a new client or project? What really gets you inspired and enthusiastic about that? Well, do you mean working with somebody who's a brand new designer or? Um, maybe just someone that's new to you and you have an opportunity to kind of guide them and kind of share your vision for what you think they should do with their photographs. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, I shouldn't use the word should. But... <laughs> yeah. Should this is a should free zone, mm -hmm. but uh, I what's exciting always is uh getting to know a designer whether they're established or just starting out and getting a feel for who they are and what their voice is because at that early stage of, of conversation and plotting out a shoot, the possibilities are limitless, and I love I love that you know that that always 
thrills me. I, I especially love working with somebody who comes to me and says, here's my product and this is who I am and this is my vibe, but I don't really know what that means visually. Mm-hmm. And I love being able to come in there. And basically what, what I really love about that is I'll, I'll put together a mood board of images, um, of the kinds of images that I would love to do. And, and that's always fun because um, it, it's both an exciting endeavor for me and for the designer. Uh, because uh, they come to me and really give me the opportunity to produce images that I can be thrilled about. So it's never a process of like, hire me, I work for you, here's your product. It's really, you're giving me a chance to produce visuals that I can be excited about as well. And I think ultimately that's what makes it a very rewarding work for me, it's collaborative. It's for both of us. It's never just for the client. It's never just that I'm apathetic about the end result. It's um, it's about us working together to make you know beautiful images, and that's what's not fun about that. So true. Yeah. I'm curious too because you've mentioned mood boards a few times. Do you have a preferred method of making mood boards and sharing them with your clients? Oh well. It's very sort of simple what I do as far as uh, any kind of pre-production, you know, talks. We'll either meet in person and I'll bring samples with me on an iPad or we'll share like a Dropbox folder. And and we just in that Dropbox folder start compiling um, things that we gravitate to. So I kind of, uh, I always have a three-step process of elimination. So part one is just dump in any image that speaks to you, that you love, okay? And then uh, we eliminate images that are outside of the client's budget first. (laughs) (laughs) And then we start to eliminate images uh, after that that we feel conflict um, in any way, shape, or form with the client's vibe or story. And then the final process of elimination is getting rid of images that I don't believe are well suited to the actual physical jewelry. So that's kind of the process. But in the beginning, it's just load up a folder with any photograph you've ever seen in your life that you love. And then after that, you know, we narrow it down based on the criteria I mentioned. This has all been so helpful and informative. I'm wondering how can our listeners find you and what are some other things about you that you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, and you can also find me on my website. Uh, it's just www.alainsimic.com, my name. And same for my Instagram handle, it's just my name. Um, I've got a really cute cat. Ooh, <laughs> what's your cat's name? His name is Alphonse, and he's gorgeous. That's adorable. Yeah, and he has been legitimately hired for money by several of my clients to be part of a photo shoot. Ooh, with jewelry? With jewelry, yes. With oh, models, wow. With jewelry. So maybe our listeners should know that your cat is available as a model for a photo my shoot. cat is available as a model. He is absolutely gorgeous and very good in front of a camera. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes. Um, 
Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been so informative and interesting, and I'm sure our listeners definitely learned a lot and hopefully will be reaching out for you for their jewelry photography needs. Thank you so much, Larissa, for having me. It was such a pleasure to be able to talk to Alon and pick his brain about the role of photography in jewelry marketing. Be sure to visit his website. That's A-L-A-I-N. S-I-M-I-C dot com to learn more and to find out how you can work with him. I look forward to sharing more interviews with you in the future. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information about marketing services for your jewelry brand, visit joyjoya.com where you can download our free ebook, Proven Conversion Strategies for E-Commerce Jewelry Retailers.